Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. Well, Awaken City, welcome to the first Sunday in a brand new year. That's right, a brand new year, our financial year. Thought that was a relevant thought as I got started in regards to the fact that we've been talking about Jesus in the marketplace and how God has called us to be ministers in the marketplace. What an incredibly different week we've had again here in WA. Most of us at this time find ourselves waiting, waiting for the next news update, waiting on the report for what we may be able to do or not able to do in the day ahead. And you know, over the last 12 or 18 months, I've spent more time than ever before in waiting rooms, doctors, surgeries, hospitals, other places as different health challenges have come and gone. And as we start today's message, I want to talk to you about the waiting room. I believe God is calling you and I into His waiting room. I wanna read a fairly lengthy piece of scripture out of Isaiah 58 today as we get started. It's about 12 verses. Now I know uh, when we're trained in communicating and preaching and teaching that long reading of scripture can lose people's attention. But I wanna ask you today to just hone in with me for a few moments as we go through this portion of scripture. Do what you need to do to set aside the distractions. You're with us online today, wherever you are, Take the next few moments to listen carefully to this portion of Scripture and then let me begin to share with you the message that I believe God has for you today. It's Isaiah 58 and verse 1 where I'm going to start reading in the New Living Translation. This is what it says, Shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud. Don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins. Now here's the prophet of God being told by God to shout, to use a voice as loud as a trumpet blast, to declare God's to God's people their sins. Yet they act so pious, he says. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves and you don't even notice it. I will tell you why, I respond. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep on oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarrelling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress up in burlap and cover yourself with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord. Now, let me pause there for a moment because the prophet is declaring to God's people in the Old Testament, hey, you're coming to church, you're going through all the rituals, you're making it look good on the outside, but really this is not what God has called you to. I wanna read on and not get distracted this morning, but I want you to understand that the message here that the prophet gave to the children of Israel thousands of years ago seems to be relevant to us here today. No. This is the kind of fasting I want, says the Lord. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry. Give clothes to those in need. 
and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here, He will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumours. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you, some of you, will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you'll be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. Let me pray with you this morning. Father, thank you that this word comes alive in our hearts, that God, you transfer it into our spirit so that we can understand what you're saying to us today. Even though this was written thousands of years ago, God, I thank you that it speaks to us in the here and now, in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a powerful portion of Scripture. It's so powerful to read and understand that the first thing that God identified as sin for the people of God at this point in time was that they were oppressing their workers. And then He spoke about the fact that they weren't sharing their food and shelter with the hungry and the homeless. It's very interesting that these two things go hand in hand. If we are business owners as followers of Christ, if we are business managers, God is really watching how we treat our workers. And there is a reason for that because if we look after our workers and those that we employ by giving them good salaries and giving them good benefits with their jobs, then they are gonna be prospering to the point where they also can share their food and shelter with the hungry and those that are homeless. I do believe right now that God is putting His light on the church, on us as Awakened City, on the body of Christ around the world to have a look at what we might call godliness and what is not godliness. It's interesting that God says here that, hey, you're going through all the great rituals in church life and fasting and praying and worshipping and bowing your head, but you're missing this whole aspect of godliness over here that I think is more important. And that is how you look after people in the marketplace, how you look upon those that are homeless and hungry and what you do to help those in need. I do believe today that God is calling you and I to His waiting room. There is a calling for us to go to the waiting room in the modern church, especially in churches like ourselves that may be referred to as charismatic or Pentecostal we look at that portion of Scripture in the book of Acts where God called His disciples to the upper room, which I'm referring to today as the waiting room, because Jesus told His disciples to go there to that place and wait in that room until the promise of the Father. I had the great privilege of travelling there myself with my family in 2007 in Israel to the place that was known as the upper room where that took place in the book of Acts. An incredible room with a very sense of the presence of God as you walked into it. And you know what the reality is, is it was in that place that God birthed the great historical move of His church. And He did that by calling 500 disciples into that place. On the day when the Holy Ghost fell 
and was poured out upon all people. Just 120 disciples were there. But you know what? It was powerful that God poured out His Spirit on all flesh in that room and He did it for a reason. I want you to take note that He didn't pour it out on one or two special disciples or apostles, but on the entire 120 that were gathered. It was in the waiting room that God birthed expectation and hunger in the hearts of His people. It was in that waiting room that God birthed unity amongst the believers. It was in that waiting room that God transformed their spiritual lives, their wineskins into new wineskins so that they could receive the new wine, which represents the power of God. It was in that waiting room that each one in that room received their mantle to minister in the marketplace. I do believe God is calling you and I as ministers in the marketplace to His waiting room. He's calling us there because He wants to anoint us in three areas of our life. Number one, God wants to anoint us to rebuild bridges of relationship. I believe the power of God, the presence of God, His enabling Spirit is coming upon our lives and into our hearts today so that we can rebuild bridges of relationship. The first bridge we need to build is that one with the Lord. It's the easiest one to rebuild because He is the most forgiving, merciful and ready to respond God that you'll ever come in contact with. Unlike human relationships, the moment you turn to Him, He turns to you. The moment you take one step towards Him, He takes 10 steps towards you. I believe today, as you find yourself in the waiting room of God, you know, today many of us have no other choice but to partake of church at home, online, in our cars, at work, for all different reasons. And I believe right now, as you are there in that waiting room of God, that He is pouring out a fresh anointing upon you so that you can rebuild bridges of relationship. First and foremost, with the Lord Himself, but then secondly, with your significant others. Those human relationships, whether it be with your spouse or your family, close friends in church life, colleagues at work, they take longer. Somebody once says that slow is fast when it comes to relationship. Rebuilding bridges of relationships with our significant others always requires time, patience and humility. It means that we've got to find common ground with that individual, common interests, so that we can begin to build the bridge of relationship. And you know, mostly that bridge is about communication. Mostly that bridge is about vulnerable, honest, authentic communication. But it's also about listening in an active manner, listening to understand the other person rather than listening to respond. I want you to take note again in verse 12 that it says, some of you, will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. I'm praying today that this message will touch your heart and you'll recognise that God has called you to be a restorer of homes. Maybe it's your own home that needs to be restored right now. I know God is able to get involved with your obedient acts of faith towards restoring and rebuilding those bridges of relationship so that your home can be restored. 
You know, it's interesting that uh, I just love going to our connect group on Monday night. Our host home and host couple are incredible people. When you show up at their house, you don't get to knock on the door or ring a bell because the moment you walk up to their steps, there is one of them waiting for you to come in. One will greet you at the bottom of the stairs of their home. And then when you get up the stairs to where the living room is and we have our connect meeting, there is the other host, the husband, who's ready with the cup of your choice that he's remembered from the fortnight before. And you've got your herbal tea ready to go. You've got your coffee ready to go. It's interesting that in rebuilding and establishing strong relationships, it always seems to involve a whole lot of hospitality, food, drink, and help for those in need. As we go into the waiting room of God in this season, and I wanna just highlight at this point in time that the waiting room of God primarily is a gathering of believers to pray and worship God. It's not an individual prayer closet moment, but the waiting room of God is actually a corporate meeting. And at times when we can only meet in the home or at times when we meet for connect in the home, you've got to understand that it's in those corporate moments that God does His greatest work and greatest outpouring. And so this first place that God wants to anoint us, this first thing that God wants to do in His waiting room is anoint us to rebuild bridges of relationship. I believe the second thing that God wants to anoint us with is with this anointing to repair confidence in the Lord. During these last year and a half of world pandemics and everything else that's going on, it seems to be that lots of followers of Christ have lost their confidence in God. I've heard many say, where's God in all this? When He's gonna bring an end to it? Can I suggest to you, sir, can I suggest to you, Mum, can I suggest to you, brothers and sisters, that this pandemic is no surprise to God and He'll use any format, anything that's going on, He'll use good government and bad government to reshape and reformat the people of God so that they can be ready to move forward in all that He's called them to do. And as we go to the waiting room today, as we recognise that we are being called into God's waiting room. That's a prayer meeting at 8.30am on a Sunday before church even starts. That's a prayer meeting midweek on a Wednesday at 6pm where we push aside all the other things that we could be doing at 6pm on a Wednesday and we gather with other believers to pray and seek God's faith so that He can pour out His Spirit upon our life. God wants you to be anointed today to repair your confidence in Him. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35 and 36 says this. It says, so don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Remember the great reward that comes from keeping your confidence in God. Verse 26, patient endurance is what you need so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that He has promised. I've got to be honest. I'm probably the least patient person in this city. I am extremely impatient. It's a fault in my character. 
It's a fault in my thinking. I constantly have to remind myself that everyone else in this world is not working to my timeline and my expectations. In fact, it's pride that I've got to deal with on a regular basis, put it down, stamp it out, and recognise that I need to patiently wait, not just for the Lord, but in that waiting room at the doctor's surgery, in that waiting room at the bank, wherever it may be. Could I encourage you right now that God is pouring out a fresh awareness of His presence so that He can anoint you to be a rebuilder of bridges for relationship, to repair your confidence in Him. Just because you've been praying for the breakthrough in that area for over two years and you haven't seen the answer come does not mean that God is not hearing you. It could mean that like God spoke to those in Isaiah, that there's other areas of your world in the marketplace that you need to do differently. It could mean that that person you're walking past on the street after getting off the train, who's got a cup out there, who's homeless, and you walk past with thoughts of judgment in your mind, I guarantee you, when you get off the train the next time and you won't walk past them, I guarantee God will speak into your heart. I walked out of a shopping centre a few weeks ago to be greeted by a gentleman who was standing at the end of the elevator with one of those signs, homeless, I need help, please just a few cents. I went to reach into my pocket and recognised I had no coins. I don't like them. They make your, your, your jeans bulge and they make sounds that you don't need. As I reached into my pocket, I realised that I only had a $20 note. And as I reached into my pocket to grab that, I pulled it out. My first thought was, that's too much. My next thought was, that's just the right amount. And I walked over and placed it into his cup and said, God bless you, sir, as I walked away. And his eyes lit up and as he walked away and he says, oh, sir, thank you so much. Right now, I believe God is doing a work in our hearts as we are in the waiting room. Maybe you're in lockdown right now. And all you can think about is the fact that you have this freedom that you cannot exercise. Can I suggest to you that it's the waiting room of God where He wants to anoint you to rebuild bridges of relationship with God and with your significant others, where He wants you to repair your confidence in Him and trust His promises. And to do that, you need to hold on to patient endurance. And then finally, I believe God wants to anoint you in His waiting room to revive passion for the house of God. You know, in John chapter 2, the Gospel, verses 12 to 17, we discover that Jesus had gone and made a whip, walked into the temple, started turning tables upside down. He had that whip in His hand and He was definitely prepared to use it. And He was full of a righteous anger that had come from God as He turned those tables up, upside down and chased out the merchants and the money changers. I'm sure His actions were deemed inappropriate by the religious leaders and pious people of the day. But the reality is the disciples recognised that Jesus was burning with passion on the inside of Him. In fact, they quoted the Scripture from Psalm, I believe it's verse 69, where it says, Passion for your house burns within me. 
When I, when I talk to you about reviving passion for the house of God, I want you to understand that passion has been des- defined as the tension created between what you love and what you hate. And Jesus loved the house of God. He loved the temple of God. But what He hated was people that came into the house of God, came into ministry and just seen the ministry as a place of merchandise, just seen the ministry as a place of money changing. And He drove out the merchants and the money changers. God is calling you and I to His waiting room. It's a corporate place where we join with other believers so that He can pour out a special anointing of His presence and power upon our lives that is able to supernaturally empower us as ministers in the marketplace. God is reviving your passion for His house. And He's doing that as we clearly identify the things that we love about the house of God and the things that we hate seeing in the house of God. And I don't know about you, but I love the fact that the church is the most amazing place. The house of God is the most amazing place on earth when it's working. And then it's the most frustrating place on earth when it's not. In that portion of Scripture in Isaiah, it outlined the fact that we are called to be the very best in the marketplace especially if we are employers, to be a blessing to our employees, not just employees being a blessing to their boss. It calls us in Isaiah to remember those that need food and clothing and shelter. It calls us to be people that are not quarrelling, but are united together in the purpose of, that God has called us to. You know, when Jesus poured out His Spirit there in Acts chapter 2, He poured it out on 120 corporate believers gathering together in unity, not on one or two special people. You know, we often quote that scripture from Corinthians that says, I have the mind of Christ and know the thoughts, feelings and purposes of His heart. But can I give you a newsflash today? You and I do not have the mind of Christ. I do not have the mind of Christ on my own. If you look at the context of God's outpouring in the book of Acts, it was an outpouring upon all flesh, a corporate outpouring. If you look at the context of what Paul was talking about, when he says you have the mind of Christ, he was talking about that in a corporate sense. You don't have the mind of Christ, we have the mind of Christ. No one person has the mind of Christ, but when we gather together in Him, in unity, we do. When God wants to pour out a history-changing outpouring of His Spirit, He always does it in a corporate setting. And I believe God is doing that right now. I want to highlight the power of your home and being a, as it being a place where God wants to manifest miracles. Doing a survey of the book of Acts, 39 outstanding supernatural events and interventions of God looking at where they took place. Out of those 39 events and interventions, 10 of them took place in homes. That's more than 25% of the events and outpourings, the interventions of God. But if you take a closer look at those 10 
events in those homes, that's where the majority of the one-on-one -on -one miracles for individuals took place. People raised from the dead, healed of sickness, delivered of demons. It's interesting because God seems to like using your home as a place of miracles. When Dorcas was healed, in fact, raised from the dead, when she died, first and foremost, when she died, the Bible says that they took her and placed her in a room upstairs, in an upper room. And then the believers called upon Peter to come and heal and minister to her. He came and raised her from the dead. Such a powerful account of what took place in the home where Dorcas was. I believe as we meet in groups for Connect, as we meet at home for church online, that God is wanting us to be aware that our homes can be a place where He manifests miracles. And all we need to do is take our responsibility to set the atmosphere. I'd encourage you to do what our Connect Home hosts do and set the atmosphere with great hospitality, food and a warm welcome, but also set it in the area of prayer and expectation because God in this season is calling us to the waiting room, whether it be in homes for Connect or church online, when we cannot meet together in the public setting, or it's prayer meeting Sunday morning or Wednesday evening. God wants you and I to be aware of the fact that He is desiring to manifest miracles amongst us as we gather together in unity. Can I encourage you? God is calling you to His waiting room. He wants you to re rebuild bridges of relationship. He wants you and I to be the people that would repair our confidence in Him. Where your confidence in God has been broken, it is up to you to fix it. Believe in your heart right now that things are being turned around in your heart, opened up in an area of faith so that God can walk in because there is a great reward that you and I will receive when we trust in the Lord. Passion is defined as the tension created between the thing we love and the thing we hate. I love it when the church comes together in unity. I love it when the church sees the needs of the homeless and the helpless and meets those needs. I love it when the church gathers together with shouts of praise and worship towards God. I love it when the church reaches out to those in need with encouragement and just enforces their love towards them by lifting them up with encouraging words and covering the faults and mistakes of individuals because that's what Jesus did for us. I believe God is speaking to many of you today, right now, about opening up your home as a waiting room for God as a place where people can connect in prayer, in Bible study, in devotion, as believers together. I'd ask you to consider right now as we go and prepare to share communion together, consider spending some time today, this week, in asking God what He would have you to do to open up your home, that it could be a place of miracles for God to move. Let us pray together as we prepare to share communion. Father, I wanna thank You for this Word that You've called us to this moment in time today to the waiting room where You wanna pour out Your Spirit in a corporate setting 
at church and in homes. God, as we prepare to share communion today, as we prepare to hold the sacred elements of bread and wine in our hands and partake this together, God, first and foremost today, we come before you as individuals and ask you to forgive us of our sins. God, we're reminded today that if you should mark iniquity against us, none of us would stand. So God, today, the one thing that we have to offer to you as a sacrifice for our sins is the blood of Jesus represented by these elements in our hands. God, I'd ask you today to forgive me of my sins, my shortcomings, my transgressions. I'd ask you to accept the blood of Christ as a sacrifice for my sins as I look back to the cross. Thank you for wiping out all of my sins when I got started in my journey with you. But God, even more so, thank you for wiping out my sins that take place on a daily basis. Some that I'm aware of, others I'm not even aware of. God, as we partake of communion today together, the bread and the wine, I ask You to bring us to the place where we willingly come to Your waiting room so that You can move powerfully and empower us as ministers in the marketplace. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.